Diamond Niners Weekly for week three of the 2021 season. We are back on the air talking about all things Charlotte 49ers baseball. As always, this is Nick, joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Coach Woody. Hey, everybody. Producer Brad, making it go. Hey, hey. Which we're putting, we're really putting producer Brad through his paces today. We're, we're making him work on a lot of stuff, which is why we're running a little bit behind. But you know what? He's a professional and he can handle it. We put him under a lot of pressure and he, he does well every week. I can do it. So this was a big week for the Niners on the diamond. Honestly, for one thing, the boys got to play in front of fans. Coach Woody, how cool was that? It was great. Um, you know, it felt it, you could feel an uptick in energy at the stadium. And, um, you know, it, it's – it's just a really, it's a really great um, reminder that it feels like we're going in a positive direction is, you know, just baseball, baseball as a whole, spring sports as a whole, but just society as a whole, it feels like it's, you know, we're, we're, we're moving in a good direction, which I think we're all ready for. So certainly great to see some, uh, you know, some familiar faces at the stadium and uh, come out with some W's on top. It's great. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome stuff. You know, weather cooperated. It was really great weekend. So let's um let's jump in here and, and we'll just kind of start talking about the games because because that's it was, it was such a great weekend at the Hayes. Um Saturday doubleheader, uh game one, seven one win over William and Mary. Andrew Lindsay does his thing yet again. Game two Saturday, we come back with um, uh with Bryce McGowan and a four oh win over William Mary. Yeah. Uh, William and Mary, and then on Sunday. Sunday, uh, Matt Brooks start, which was fantastic. We're going to talk more about that. But Sunday just got way out of hand with a 20-4 to four shellacking of William and Mary to complete the sweep. So, Coach, what are your, what are your, your thoughts coming out of that weekend series? Well, I mean, you certainly are pleased, right, like as a coaching staff. But, um, you know, we just – it felt like a very complete weekend. You know, I, I don't think I give our defense enough credit. I think our – I think our kind of the fire, the firepower, uh, you know, offensively and strikeouts on the mound. I think that gets a lot of notoriety and uh, attention. But what I think something, you know, probably the biggest thing I've been pleased with is is just the the defense. I mean, I think on the uh, I don't think we made an error the whole weekend. Uh, three games on the weekend, we didn't make a single error. Um, you know, and that's that's hard to do. And it starts behind the play with Aaron McKeithen and his catching and his receiving and. Um, what he's doing back there is, is, is really incredible. Um, you know, Jacob Whitley as well, getting in there and catching some really valuable innings. So um, it starts there. And then defensively, I thought we, we, you know, we did a good job. But, um, you know, when you hold an opponent to a 102 opponent batting average on the weekend, hit 352 with 10 home runs, then hopefully good things happen uh, when you have those, you know, those types of numbers on a, for a weekend series. Yeah, all phases, coach. All phases, like you said. Uh, I think we've we've only made three errors on the whole season, and one of them we'll get into later. That was quite very questionable, but um, uh, the offense was hitting on all cylinders. Um, you got to get some guys their first looks, uh, and in game action, and they 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 uh, competed as well. And pitching, uh, you got a lot of guys in on the mound, but uh, starters did great, relievers did great. Um, another complete weekend from the Niners. Yeah, I think on the weekend, I think we, we saw action from about 17 or so of our position players. And, um, 
you know, that was that fired up, that fired our whole coaching staff up. Just seeing, you know, obviously the starters doing their thing, but then, you know, and we talked about it on the show before, we try to look at our team as somewhat of a basketball team from the standpoint. It's like, all right, this rotation's in. Now this rotation goes in. Now this rotation goes in, and it's like everybody kind of knows why they're going in and where they're, you know, you know, has a, they're starting to get a feel for kind of when that phase of the game is for, for when they're needed. And uh, man, everybody, everybody, all, all the players, they just did a phenomenal job of staying ready and being ready, which we talk about all the time, and making the most of the opportunities. And there was no let up on Sunday. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, guys like, uh, you know, I mean, Jacob Whitley, Gino Gruber. Um, you know, Parker Sinet, um, Hunter Baker, Nate Furman, Will Butcher was our player of the game. Um, you know, crying out loud, he didn't even start the game. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's as a coach, it's just what you love to see. You know, you love to you love to see guys just staying ready and being ready when the opportunities come and making the most of it. And, and uh, a lot of our guys did a tremendous job of that. You know, I I knew that things were. It was a funny place to be in, but I appreciate the moment when it happened. Uh, things were going so well on Sunday that Butch cranked a bases clearing double into the the right center gap, and when the ball bounced off the wall and it didn't clear the fence, there was an audible gasp from the crowd, and it sounded like this: "Oh, I thought like, I, I thought it was going off the bat. I really did. It, it was it really hard." We're disappointed in a bases clearing double now because it didn't go over the fence. We how quickly we get spoiled, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. How quickly we get spoiled, and just as quick the game can humble you. So we never lose sight of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what you know, we talked about fans being back in the haze. Um, there was another group back in the haze, uh, and they stayed all weekend. Uh, center section right there behind home plate scouts were back in the haze. And um, I think I counted uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 15 or so scouts and they were there all weekend. I mean, they didn't. And when I say they were there all weekend, they were there for, they were there for all three games and they stayed all three games. Nobody left. Yeah, no, it's been um, our coaching staff. We work really hard to try to communicate uh, each and every week with uh, every major league organization on um, about you know our starting rotation, our lineup, and, and um, that, those types of things. Our administration and facilities have done a tremendous job of of trying to allot us as, as many tickets as you can. Uh, you know, with major league scouts being distanced so, uh, each and every game, which right now the number is 18. We can where our max capacity is 18. Which um, I just got a text message before we came on from um, Minnesota Twins that that was our 18. Uh, slot for Saturday. We're gonna, so Saturday, you know, Friday there'll be what I have right now. Friday there should be roughly you know twelve to twelve to fourteen MLB teams. Saturday there'll be eighteen, and Sunday there should be about eight to ten this weekend, um, which is you know ticked down from last weekend. To your point, last weekend, you know, pretty much all three games we had you know thirteen to fifteen MLB teams represented, and you know it's it's. it's Certainly excited for our players, excited for our coaches, excited for the program. It's a big piece of the puzzle having players from Charlotte perform at the level worth being selected and having opportunities to play professional baseball. And that's that's why we one of those guys looked vaguely familiar too. Yeah, Coach Dot. <laughs> Coach Dot was in the house. Yeah, he yes, he was. White Sox were represented. Um, you know, actually, he um, Coach Dot was here. It was great to see him. Uh, it was great to see him. I think actually, uh, they're. I think their scouting director was here as well. 
you know, so there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot of opportunities you know for our for our players right now to be seen. It's a big credit to them and how hard they've worked. Because um, if you think about it, I mean, it's it's you know they're they're being evaluated basically as if it's everything is normal and it's not. Um, you know, I mean, there's they went months without playing last spring and there was no there was little to no summer ball last summer and um, you know it's just um, but to our guys' credit, gosh, they have. They have overcome a lot to be, you know, where they are right now, and and um, you know, it's certainly it's certainly need for us. You know, I'm, um, you know, when the, when it's when there's good, there's strong attendance behind the dish, then you know, you, you know, you got some good things going, and it's good for the program. Yeah, I noticed they were uh, a lot of more big fans of Bo Robinson too. They they were kind of chirping at him on his way to third base several times. I noticed, so um, it's good to see that as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, when we're in normal times, we, we go out and recruit, right? We go out and we recruit college and high school players uh, or junior college and high school players. And, you know, so we're sitting in the stands with those guys usually in normal times. So we, we have good relationships with, with, you know, all the local scouts, um, you know, and so, you know, right now we can't go out and recruit. So they, they pretty much just come in and heckle us. Uh, <laughs> pretty much all we can do right now. Gives them something to do. Yep. So the, the the pitching over the weekend, of course, was was fantastic. So was the offense. We've been talking about the offense a little bit. We're talking about it a little bit more in a minute. But um, you go from you go from Andrew Andrew Lindsay uh, on um, on game one on Saturday uh, directly into Sam Grace, which is a great combination. And then th- this this got some mention on Twitter. Sort of sort of some national writers picked up on this a little bit that what what you did in game two was was really unfair. That you went from Bryce McGowan to the Christian Lothus as a, as a combination. I mean, that's just, there ought to be a law against that, right? Huh. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, I mean, they're, they're really good pitchers. You know, I, I think I said it, I, I said it to someone last week, you know, I, um, there's multiple moments right now, a game where, you know, some of those guys and Brooksy and, and Sherbs and, you know, really, there's multiple times where like our pitchers throw a pitch, and I'm just like, man, like, you know, this, you know, whether it's Bryce or the other you know, guys, just like you're just man, this, this kid's really special. Like, really, like, really thankful he's here at Charlotte and helping our team and doing what he's doing. And um, you know, we got a few guys that I think are going to pitch for a long time, and you just try to appreciate it. You know, it does like I don't, you know, these. You don't you don't get to coach you don't get to coach these types of players and people each and every day. I mean, um, it's it's rare, it's unique. Um, our coaching staff, we all appreciate it, and um, you know we're just uh, we're just gonna we're we're gonna enjoy this ride as much as we can. And then Sunday we, we got Matt Brooks on the mound, which was we're, we're going to talk more in depth about about that start here in a few minutes. Um, hint hint um, in, in our award section. But it was Matt. Sunday was Matt and a cast of thousands. I think uh, I'm, I, we <laughs> we ended up using. I don't know what the final tally was on, on pitchers on that, but we were pretty much going by the by the third of an inning, right? We did. Yeah, the last the last uh, nine ounces of the game were made by nine different pitchers. Yep. Yeah, it was. I actually actually think you got booed coming to take somebody out, but it definitely yeah. it might have been Kevin. I don't know. It was. Uh, well, I guess. <laughs> it was I, not. Technically, the last ten pitchers, um, because Geese made the, the third. You know, he went. He got all three outs in one inning. And then, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's really it's, it's important. I mean, these guys, our, our, pitching, our whole pitching staff works incredibly hard, and you cannot substitute game rep- repetitions. And so as much as I'm sure everybody had an early dinner reservation and, and you know, I probably, I probably made, you know, people had to have to call and push those back a little bit. It's our players, they work so hard. They work so hard and um, our coaching staff to do everything we can to reward them and give them opportunities. And um, we think that they can help us and, you know, there's guys, there's, there's guys that didn't throw in that game that we know they can help us. And that's, you know, that's our, that's our top, our top priority is our team and, and you know, our players. And, um, you know, I, I, I know coach Murphy at William Mary really well. And, um, you know, he was very complimentary up series and he gets it. He understands. Um, you know, well, we, if, if, if big, big leads on Sunday afternoon are going to, are going to make that situation happen. I hope it happens a lot. Same. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Nick, think about it. We haven't been in, we haven't seen a game from the Hayes in over a year. So if, if he wants to, if we want to pitch guys for 12 innings, we'll stay there and watch. So, yeah, so. let's just, yeah, let's just do that. So let's, um, so that was a big weekend and we're going to, we're going to have some chance to talk about some individual performances here in a few minutes, but let's move on. We, we, we did, um, we did have our first, uh, road matchup on Tuesday night. You guys went up to, to UNC Greensboro. Uh, a cold night in Greensboro. Um, it was a, a, a lot of times, um, well, it was our first chance to get on the road. Um, it was a lot of people's first chance to see the Niners play on TV because that game was on on ESPN+. Plus. So yeah. some people got to see the team. Um, really kind of – to me, coach, see if you agree with this, but this is kind of one of it ended up being one of those typical gritty midweek just dog fights that that two teams are just going at it and and you know they happened to come out and, and make the make the last play that, that got them the win. But I mean that was that was a competitive ball game. Oh, absolutely. I mean you, you, we know going in, I mean we played them last year and, and you know Billy Godwin's one of the best, you know one of the best baseball men in, in our region. And, uh, you know, so we knew that we knew going in that they were going to be really, a really good team and, uh, well-prepared and so I've known coach Godwin for a long time. And, and, um, just, we knew that was going to be the case. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they had a lot of guys back from last year. So we've seen them before and it was very similar environment last year. Our guys, I thought our guys showed up, you know, came ready to play and ready to, you know, ready to compete. And to your point, you know, they, they got the last out and came out on top and, uh, you know, but it just, uh, wasn't our night. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw this or maybe you saw it later, but, but there were some Niner fans uh, that live up in the area camped out on top of the parking deck. I heard across yeah. the street. Cool. <laughs> we're looking down into the stadium. So, you know, we, people want to get, get eyes on this team. And if that yeah. means standing on top of a parking deck across the street on a cold night, then that's what they'll do. Uh, heck, and we, you know, our coaching staff appreciates that. We don't, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we hate to lose, uh, you know, so we, we are, we, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that for, for our first video stream game, you know, that, you know, and, and to the people on the parking deck that, uh, you know, we didn't come out on top. You know, it bothers us. Losing, losing, losing bothers us a lot. And, uh, we hadn't felt that. We talked about staff, like 
man, we haven't felt a loss since beginning of March last year. You know, um, doesn't feel good. So, yeah. um, and I know our, you know, I could see the look in our players' eyes at the end of that game too. They, they, you know, they weren't, they weren't having it either. Which, as a coach, that's that's all I need to see. You know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to hear much else. I, you know, when your your team, your team, you know, loses a game and they've got that look in their eye, then, you know, I think, you know, it gives you reassurance that we're okay. Yeah. Now, Kevin, I'm gonna let you let you explain this one, or I'm gonna let you explain the situation because I didn't see it. Um, and, and then I'll 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 tell I'll do the Paul Harvey the rest of the story. Um, apparently, and I, I did see the Twitter traffic. I, I was was fortunate enough to be able to be uh, at the at the ballpark there. Um, but you were watching the ESPN feed, and apparently it wasn't going real well. No, it was not. Um, uh, finding out later in the story, it I feel bad for the guy, but. Uh, yeah, he was having a hard time with 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 everything uh, on a lot of ESPN national broadcast. Um, I ended up just uh, turning Sean Fox on on the radio and kind of timing it up with the video stream. So, um, yeah, he's having a rough time, and uh, I found out later why what that what the reason behind that was. Yeah, so apparently they 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 did have a broadcaster lined up to to do the game on ESPN Plus. Um, and then I don't know what the situation exactly was, but, but that person had some sort of emergency where they had to leave the ballpark, like right then, um, with like maybe just, you know, less than an hour before first pitch and they, they had to leave and there was no one to, there was no, apparently no one to do it. And so they ended up grabbing what I understand sounds like an ops guy. Like maybe the equivalent of 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 and and maybe Cass would would be good at this. We, I don't know, but we'll have to ask him. But basically, grabbing if you know Cass Ferguson, grabbing the equivalent of Cass Ferguson, who had never broadcast a game before, they gave him two rosters and put him in the chair and said, "Go get him, killer." <laughs> and so apparently, there's a poor guy at UNC Greensboro that made his broadcast debut. Uh, on ESPN plus in front of, in front of a, I guess what could be international audience. And, um, it sounded like he struggled. Um, yeah. So, you know what it does, it does a couple of things. One, you feel bad for the guy, everybody. I saw the Twitter traffic. Everybody was like, what? What else is going on? I'm like, look, I don't know. Um, found that out, feel bad for the guy. So, and, and hope nothing's seriously wrong with the guy who had to leave. I don't know what, what that deal was, but hope that's okay too. But um, I tell you what it does do is, you know, it, it makes you, makes you appreciate uh, uh, Sean and, and Jackson Kaplan and, and what they do, because um, apparently, apparently not just anybody can, can call a live baseball game on TV because. You threw, well, I mean, like, you threw me in the fire to call a soccer match or even a football game. It can, it can be a little dicey too. So I, I, I feel for, I feel for the individual that, that got thrown in that spot that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that was not, not ideal. Yeah. I actually came up with a game plan for this after the fact. It was like the next day. I was thinking about it. Had we known what would have been ideal was it was cold out there. The broadcast booth was inside. So like I could have gone in there with, with Angie Elwood, me and Angie were going to go in there. And jump on the air. One, we'd have been warm, okay? 
And two, who cares? We, we couldn't do work. We just talk about whatever we want to talk about, you know, and just, just throw some baseball in there while we're on, while we're doing it. And people would have loved it. They'd have probably asked us back, truth be told, because it would have been, been great. Yeah, or we could just mic up both coaching staffs and just really, really gotten some. Uh, really, could have really gotten closer, I guess. Yeah. Well, now that's a, that's a that's an interesting point there. That's a good segue there, Kevin. Um, I think there was I think there was a moment we wanted to talk about. Is that right? Yeah, um, I believe it was. I can't remember which inning. Maybe fourth inning or, or so when Jackson Balls was in the game. Jackson Balls was in the game. I uh, believe there was might have been two strikes on the guy, but the guy left-handed batter hits a dribbler. I thought at first I thought it hit his foot. It would have been a foul ball, but his dribbler Jackson Balls fields it. Runners running down to first, gets hit in the back, and two runs score. Then you come out and disagree with the umpire's call that he was safe. Or you were arguing interference, correct? Yeah, yeah, I was arguing that, that you know, Joe Joe Holt uh, is he's a really good umpire. He's done a lot of games, you know, before and with, with me, and um, you know, so he he and I, you know, he he and I can have good dialogue about disagreements where where there's an understanding, and level of respect, and um, yeah, I mean, from my vantage point, you know, it looked like. Uh, it looked like the base runner was was in was in fair territory uh, when he was running, and um, if he hadn't been, it looked like the ball was catchable uh, by McCabe. And you know, by rule, from my vantage point, you know that's the, the batter runner is out, and um, you know Joe saw Joe saw it differently, and he was in good position. Um, he you know to make the call, and he saw it differently, and that's how it goes sometimes. You know, so you just um, it's un- it's unfortunate that those types of things in baseball happen. But, you know, you know, Joe's a really good umpire and he was in position and he saw it how he saw it. And, you know, that's that's part of it. Um, you just got to you just got to kind of overcome it. So basically what you're saying, just just to, just to make sure I have you here is if if the ball is in the right, if the ball is where it should have been. And the runners where he should have been, it should have been impossible for the ball to strike him in the middle of the back. It's like you heard what I said. <laughs> is that is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty clear what what uh, you're at the game. <laughs> that was okay. My point I was trying to get across to being yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Joe's, a, Joe's a great umpire, and uh, you know we've, we've, I've I've had him a lot over the years, and. Uh, Michael and David were the other two umpires, and, and same thing. They they do a lot of our games, and you know it's just part it's just part of it. I mean, he was in position; he saw it differently than I saw it, and um, it's just part of it. Well, and I mean, and, you know, everybody everybody knows that you know there are those key moments that you discuss, but in a, in a game like that, there were a ton of opportunities for both teams to do a lot of things differently, and it just it is what it is. Yeah, the score was nine to seven. You know that it could have been. I mean, it could have. That's one of those games where, you know, if, if we do some, if we do some things better on the base pass, on the mound, in the box, um, you know, I mean, then talking about we're talking about another win, you know. But yeah. we, 
there's things, there's things that we just have to do better. And those things are more important than that call and because you know, we can't control that call at the end of the day. All we can control right. is, you know, those other things that you know, we've addressed and practiced the last two days and, you know, try to learn from it and, and, and move on. I mean, every, it's, it's, it's a bit of coach speak. You hear coaches say it all the time that, that you learn more from losses than you do wins. But, um, with it being our first loss, I do I do think that there were some key takeaways for us, and I'm excited I'm excited to see those th- those translate into this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think and they're, I mean, good. they're a good club. They are. Yeah, they're gonna they're well, gonna they're gonna be there right there and think of it. I, I thought Starnes looked good. Yeah, uh, for, as, and then uh, and then Morosis looked pretty good. He. Uh, you can see him developing. Um, I think the first his first appearance, he went uh, two innings, and now he's like three plus this this time out. Um, looked like he got settled in nicely and uh, pitched well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every time out, he you know he didn't he didn't get to pitch in any of our scrimmages this fall. So every single time he is out there, you know his his learning curve is is you know a lot a lot steeper. Um, so he he's. Every single time he's out there, he's getting better and better and better. Um, you know, and, and you saw it in the second inning, you saw it in the third inning, and uh, you know, I'm excited for him. He's 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 going to be a big part of this pitching staff for us this spring. Uh, but to your point too, I mean, Trey Starnes, golly, like, um, you know, he gets the ball, and and, and we and we t- we told him, we talked about it. His job was to strike that hitter out. We told him that the day before. Your job is to strike out quarters here if he's the lead off there. And they ended up leading him off. And, you know, Starnes is such a competitor. He's one of our biggest competitors. And, you know, his start last year there didn't go so well. And that bothered him. It still bothered me. And so, you know, when we talked about as a staff about, you know, hey, you know, what do we think about starting one of our most competitive pitchers? You know, they're likely going to have a left-handed leadoff guy. Um, let's give Starnsy a little bit of, you know, of a, a redemption on that mound at that field, you know, and help our team and, and try to punch that guy out. And gosh darn, if he didn't do it. So that, that fired me up. And, um, you know, I think it probably set their lineup a little bit differently in terms of they had a right-handed DH and one of their better hitters, Kavanaugh. He got moved down into the, I think, the eight hole where he usually hits up around the five or the six hole and he's a left-handed hitter. So I think, you know, I think the move put us in a little bit of a better spot uh, over the course of 27 outs to, you know, to, um, to do some things. Uh, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. It just didn't go our way. Yeah. So, you know, three, three and one in the week, six and one overall. So great start moving forward here. Um, Kevin, why don't we transition into uh, talking about some some weekly awards? Um, I know we've got a list that we usually go through. Um, why don't we Why don't we dig in there? That'll give us an opportunity to talk about some more guys. All right. Well, you want to start with with ours real quick. Um, we're going to do offensive our offensive player of the week. Um, this guy he, he was also named Conference USA Hero of the Week, so it's not a big secret. Dave McCabe made our um, job really easy. Yeah, he got. Uh, but he uh, seven for thirteen on the weekend, six ribbies, three homers, and a double. Um, got a stolen base, <laughs> so uh, he was doing it all. And like Woody said earlier, playing good defense as well over at first base. 
Um, today, he's also named, um, was it PBR Canada Collegiate Player of the Week? Uh, Collegiate Hitter of the Week. So, yeah, he's been <laughs> he's he's racking Canadian up. Canadian Hitter racking of the Week. It's awesome. I mean, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, it is, and, and, and Big Maple's, he's got a, an award for it. So, um, If there's a Canadian Hitter of the Week, they just need to go ahead and name it for Big Maple and be done with it. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, he hit he hit four sixty two with three bombs, and um, you know, he's just to your to your point. He's just a really he's 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 put himself he's made himself into a really complete complete player. Um, and our guys, our infielders, love throwing to him. I mean, he's such a big target. He picks everything. He's got great footwork around the bag. So, um, yeah, he certainly he certainly had a great week for us. All right. Um, on the other side, the, the, the pitcher of the week, uh, or our starting pitcher of the week, um, Nick and I, we chose Matt Brooks for our starting pitcher of the week. Um, we talked about him quite a bit. He's a great story. Um, he made his first start as a Niner in almost two years to the day, almost. And actually, I wrote it down. It was His last start was uh, March 2nd, 2019. Um uh, it was a doubleheader against Kent State. They had, uh, de- had a dedication ceremony for the the indoor facility that day. And then uh, Matt Brooks went out there and pitched almost a complete game, six and two-thirds. We pulled him with one out left to go um, against Kent State. Won one to nothing. Uh, shut out six Ks. And um, then two years to the day, or almost to the day, he gets his next start, uh, throws five innings, Allows only one hit, one run, and five Ks on the day. Great to see. Great moment. Um, great to follow his journey uh, back to the mound at the Hayes. And um, I keep, can't wait to see what's next for him. Yeah, he's just he's another one. He's just getting better and better every time out. And I mean, the further he gets removed from that surgery and the further down the path of, of you know, um, of recovery, which, you know, he's – He's just getting better and better. So, um, gosh, I mean, you know, picking between those three starters, between Andrew and Bryce and, and Brooksy, I mean, golly, I, mean, I, I think he got I – mean, Brooksy, biggest reason Brooksy didn't go out is obviously that was that was the most innings he had thrown, um, you know, for us. Um, and that was the longest he had sat between innings, so we wanted to be cautious of that. So we didn't want to send him back out. Um you know, pitching wise, I mean, he felt good and he, and he could have gone back out, but we're just, we want to make sure that he's, he's getting stronger and stronger week to week. But, um, you know, when you have Andrew goes seven innings and Bryce goes six and between the two of them, it's 13 innings and I think 15 punch outs, um, maybe one run, uh, it's just lights out from, from all three starters, Brooksy going five shutout. Um, you know, so Maybe he gave up a run, but felt like a shutout just with how well he pitched. Yeah, and in all honesty, I mean, it was a three-way tie. I mean, but and and I know I, Bryce and Andrew, and I know these 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 fictitious awards we give are coveted, coveted. But Brooksy won it on sentiment. When you when you look at the whole story, and 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 you know, like Kevin laid it out so perfectly, all the adversity that he overcame, uh, and oh. and what he did. That that got him the nod. So um, I have a feeling I have you know 
Bryce and Andrew, I have a feeling there will be plenty of fictitious awards coming your way <laughs> later, later in the season as we progress. But, but um, uh, our sentimental nature got Brooksy denied this week. Right, rightfully so. Rightfully so. All right. Um, another award that we give out each week is our relief pitcher of the week award. Nick, do you want to take that one? Yeah, so we went with Christian Lothus coming in for for a three inning three inning save, uh, game two on Saturday. I think six Ks, two hits, no runs, uh, and a three inning save. Um, that that's worth an award, even if it's not real. Yeah, I mean Christian Christian, whether he gets the first three outs or the last three outs of the game, he's really good. He is he's he's right there at the top with all the other guys and. Um, you know, I mean, it changes our it changes the dynamic of our entire pitching staff having Christian in our in our bullpen. So, um, you know, I would expect in, in in the short term, you know, if you want to call him our quote unquote closer, that's fine. You can, um, you know, we we that's how we're really approaching him now um, with our with our pitching staff. Um, pretty unique having a left handed closer, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, but I think anybody that's seen him throw, you know, knows that he can, he can do it. And he can do it at a high level. So um, he takes such good care of himself. He works so hard, and this stuff is really, really good. So he's another one that when he's when he's out there pitching, I just, I really kind of sit back and just enjoy it and appreciate the fact that he's on our team. And, uh, you know, he's he's a huge asset for our pro- our program being able to pitch. Like I said, either at the front end or the back end. There's not a lot of guys that can do it, and he's shown that he can't. So, and I know you guys do. We we walk through your your leader, uh, well, your leadership, or your your list of awards every week as well. So, Kevin, you want to kind of kind of walk us through those, and and we'll see we'll see what the real award winners were this week. All right. Oh, you guys, I know you guys do a leadership effort and attitude award. Uh, can you uh, let us know who who got that for you guys this week? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for us, for us, it was Nate Berman. Uh, you know, you guys referenced him on, on, um, on, on, I think social earlier this week. But Nate, man, he is—he's the first guy at the yard. He's the last guy to leave. Um, he is a—he is a grinder and a worker, and he is pulling for his teammates, start to finish. And here you go, boom! You're in the game. Base is loaded. Double off the wall. Here we, you know, here we go. And you know, he's, he's, you know, that is, you know, so that was just really great to see for us. Um, the, what Coach is talking about there is is on on Twitter. Nate Furman is Twitter gold. Uh, we we take we track Twitter analytics and just see what works and what doesn't, what people are, you know, what what goes and what doesn't, and. Pretty soon, we may just become a Nate Furman account. I'm thinking because when you when you tweet about Nate Furman, your your mentions and the retweets and the likes and the everything just goes through the roof. He was the 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 he was the first and second most traffic tweets from the account during February. So pretty soon, we're just going to be letting you know, like, well, this inning, Nate Furman is. You know, he's chewing some sunflower seeds, whatever. We're just going to bring you that content and just watch it blow up. It's going to be huge. 
he's I don't know. I, I can't explain it. He's a he's a Twitter phenomenon. Well, what he mentioned, he said he's he's the mayor. So a lot of people like him. And uh, <laughs> he's sound, sound like a sound like a really good guy, so um he deserves all of it. Hey, I, he's he's a good dude. I'm um been watching him since the summer. He was down here early for summer ball and uh, I remember Kevin, if you remember the, the the comment I made to you after going to see him play is, is this guy just gets dirty. He is the guy that's on the ground in the dirt, every play. He's just whatever he's, he's a grinder. And so it's, it's cool. I like him. I like his, I like his makeup. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll uh, jump on over to the next board. Uh, you guys do a defensive player of the week board. Who'd you guys go with this week? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much we, we went with our whole infield. Um, I mean, between Austin Knight, Austin Knight, Jack Dragon, Carson Johnson, and David McCabe. I mean, those four, those four. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to highlight any one of those guys. Um, I think the week before we highlighted uh, Aaron for his receiving behind the plate and how many balls he got called strikes for his receiving. Um, but to go an entire weekend series and not make a single error and have that many ground balls, and, um, you know, it's just, it's exciting for us because, you know, everybody on that infield, they're swinging the bat so well, you know, but, but, you know, they, 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 they attack the field, you know, when they take the field, it is, it's a, you know, it's an attack mindset in terms of their approach to prevent runs. And, um, it's really cool to see and it's a fun group to watch. So we gave it to our entire infield. They made a lot of tough plays this week. A lot of tough plays this weekend on the infield. And uh, a lot of them, we had a lot of great positioning as well. So we had them play perfect, seems like, a lot of the time this weekend. And uh, we just made good plays. Thanks, yeah. Well, you know, um, B-Rob and, and Coach Vic, I mean, they're they're all over B-Rob positions, the infielders. And, um, you know, just he works with me and Coach Miney on the pitching side in terms of making sure the guys are – Depending on what we're throwing and you know how we're attacking a guy um, at times, and you know moving guys, and then Coach Bix always moving the outfielders. Then they do a ton of prep, I and mean, they do a ton of prep. You know, knowing you know what you know what guys do right on right, left versus left, left versus right, right versus left, two strikes. You know, situational type stuff. Um, reading our you know, pitcher having velocity or um, you know certain type of off speed pitch that might trigger him going a certain way with the pitch. I mean, they work really hard at that stuff. Um, you know, so it, it, you know, it certainly, certainly want to acknowledge that because they spend a lot of time and effort in positioning those guys. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. I can assure you. And it, you mentioned Jack and, and the place he's making it at short. Um, he also had a really good weekend at the plate. Um, and, and he, he is, he is making some really tough plays with routine. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, we actually owe Jack an apology. He had two dingers this weekend, and we were getting some cell phone footage of all kind of things. We didn't have our camera ready on either one of Jack's dingers. We got nothing on Jack Dragon, and you know what? We're gonna we're gonna fix that. It's unacceptable. So Jack, you guys don't do it. Jack, you keep hitting them, and we're gonna get one. Because uh, because we we screwed up twice twice in a row, and and we're gonna. You know, we're gonna little coach speak here. We're gonna we're gonna take that. We're gonna learn from that, and and we're gonna bounce back. You know, it's mistakes were made, but we're gonna we're gonna get that. You just keep hitting them, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, 
if y'all start filming a bunch and you don't you, you don't keep hitting home runs, I'm gonna tell y'all I'm gonna ask y'all to stop <laughs> stop filming. I'm not it, it says something when you got when you got to get the camera out one through nine because because they might go yard at any time. So that says a lot about the lineup right there. It's a good lineup. It's a good group of guys. Yeah, there's guys, there's guys, there's guys coming off the bench that can do it too. That's the new right. All right. Um, let's get the, the next award is the the whip leader. I saw that Matt Brooks was number ten in the country in in whip. So um, I'm not sure what his numbers were this week, but I'm guessing they were pretty high. Yeah, I mean, you go you go five innings, no walks, one hit. You're gonna you're gonna be pretty much the tops of that category. Um, you know, I mean, but all, I mean, all three of our starters they've just um, you know, they've just been tremendous, and uh, that's a big category for us. We really emphasize that. Um, you know, we feel like we feel like we've got guys that can go for the strikeout, and that's you know that's certainly important. That's great. There's that's that's a need. Um, you know, but the big you know one of the big keys for us. And it, and it got us on Tuesday is, um, you know, when I think opponents on the year are hitting like 140 off of us right now, you know, so if they're going to hit, if opponents are going to hit 140 off of us, you know, we need to do a better job as a staff, making sure those hits aren't occurring after, you know, we've, you know, we've walked or hit one or two guys, you know, so easier said than done. None of our pitchers are ever trying to, you know, you're never going to hear me say just those strikes or, you know, I mean, it's right. Like no, nobody's ever trying to do that, but you know, for us to be, go where we want to go and get, be the team we want to be, you know, you know, uh, having a really good whip, which we do. I think we're top 10 in the country in, in whip right now, even with, you know, more walks that, that we want to have, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an important stat for us for sure. And just for clarification, that's uh, walks and hits per inning pitched. And also for producer Brad, because I see it written all over your face. I know you're thinking about Devo right now because we're talking about whip. So I could just see it. Those wheels were spinning. If I had only been prepared. <laughs> coach, my, uh, my high school coach told me to throw strikes. <laughs> so. Good advice. You know, it is good. It's good advice. Uh, you know, I can assure you, all of our pitchers are trying to at all times. <laughs> yeah, one of those things. All right. Um, I think we've touched on a uh, quality at bat, quality at bat uh, award. Um, who do you guys have for that this week? Um, I think I think it was Austin Knight again. Austin Knight. Austin Knight was our points leader. Um, for that, you know, it was just good to show you. I mean, he was. You know, he he hit 400 for the series, but um, can't remember his point, his point total. Um, but gosh, every time it feels like Austin Knight is walking to the plate, it's a good feeling right now. Um, he is he is in fuego, and teams are trying to they're throwing everything at him. They're throwing Velo up. They're trying to get him to chase. They're jamming him. They're trying to get him to expand. Um, you know, and he is he is dialed in right now at the plate, and it's it's fun to watch. Did we need any repairs to the scoreboard after uh, he launched one off of it? Oh, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Question. Uh, it wasn't working great before he hit it. <laughs> he might have fixed it. He might have fixed it, yeah. And, and by the way, we did confirm that, that with, with his dad that, that he's, he's, he's superstitious and he's in a routine now. It's, it's uh, the night before game. It's beef. There you go. 
beef. It's for dinner. Our style. So he's rocking that. <laughs> all right. I think we got all well, these. Did, did we? Yeah, I think we. I, yeah, we got them all. We did. How about that? I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for the next award, and it's like, no, we did them. All right, cool. So. At this point, let's take a look at some. We've mentioned a lot of these guys. Uh, just there were so many. When when you when you do as well as we did, you're going to have a lot of top performers. Uh, we mentioned Matt and we mentioned uh, Jack. Sam picked up um, the, the save uh, in in game one on Saturday. Uh, Craig, which by the way, is it just me? Is there? Am I the only one noticing this that they are now announcing him as Craig Keichel uh, when when Eagle comes to the plate? It's it's happening. Craig, Craig's still raking. What's that, Woody? Started a movement. <laughs> you started a movement. That's what we're here for. We're influencers. So Craig's uh, rocking those yellow work gloves, and he's still doing his thing. Um, five more RBI. I know the home run. This, yeah, it's crazy. Knight, you mentioned him. We've talked about uh, Andrew Lindsay and Christian. They both had big weekends, big maple. No, nothing else we need to say about that. Hitter of the week in the conference. Um, Bryce was awesome again. Um, some names that we don't get to talk about as much, though, because all these guys were, were so um, – we'll be talking about these guys all season. But in that game on Sunday, we briefly touched on it, a bunch of guys got to get in and got to get – some of them, a lot of first hits – in a Niner uniform. So Hunter Baker got in, got his first hit as a Niner, um, hit a ball to left field that still hasn't landed. Yep. It was two for three, home run, two ribbies. Uh, Butch got in the game. He said he was the, the player of the game. Two for two, a double, a home run, three RBIs. Uh, Thomas Caulfield got his first hit as a Niner, yep. uh, going one for two. The, the mayor, Nate Furman, got in with a three RBI double. I mean, this is – I mean, the guy gets in and, and – oh, three RBI double, no big deal. Uh, Gino Groover got his first uh, collegiate hit. He can't hit a couple singles. And, uh, and, and the old-timer, the vet, Jacob Whitley, uh, got in and went two for two. So, a lot of different contributors this week. I mean, we, we, we kind of find ourselves talking about, you know, the, the same set of guys. But, Coach, a lot of guys got in the mix and, and a, lot of, a lot of career first, which is always awesome to see. Yeah, guys. I know we talked about the game, but that's that's my favorite thing about this team right now. Is, is there's just no let up. There's there, um, you know, it's the guys, the guys that start, they get after it, and then and then there's a next, there's another wave of guys that are coming in, um, depending on the score and the situation and you know, the matchup, and they're all ready. And um, that is everything you want as a coach. Like that is everything you want. It's just uh, is is to have tough decisions to make and, and, you know, try to be creative of, of trying to think of, you know, even if it's just, Hey, this move gets us a little bit faster on the bases to make us, you know, to get us that next run or give us a little more power or give us a little better defense or, you know, you're, you're always thinking about these things because, because we do, we've got a lot of really good players that are, um, are, are forcing us to, to make these decisions. So that's, yeah, that's a great thing. That, that, that's a great thing for, for us as a team and moving forward. Yeah, and in addition to uh, to David's uh, awards that we mentioned earlier with from both the conference and PBR, uh, 
just a lot of good vibes going on right now. I mean, uh, D1 Baseball, uh, we, we show up there with them quite regularly. Um, McCabe and, and Bryce and Andrew are all listed as uh, Saturday's top performers. Um, uh, Butch and Brooksy got mentioned by D1 uh, on Sunday as top performers. Uh, as a team, we're receiving votes in the – and don't even ask me what this stands for – the NCBWA – D1 baseball poll. We're receiving votes in that. National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. Nick. There you go. Thank you, Kevin. I knew you'd do that for me. Uh, and even 11.7 college baseball podcast has a mid major top 25, and we're we're in that. So, you know, the, all this stuff adds up, right? Yeah, no, it does. And um, you know, it's it's great. You know, it, it's great. It, it means that we're we're going the down the path we want to go, it means we're going the direction we want to go. Um, but nowhere close to the destination. Uh, I think you guys would all agree with that as well. So we just got to keep on, keep on rolling and trying to keep even better each and every day. All right. Um, you want to move on to the, our ask coach Woody segment? Yeah, let's go for it. We don't, we don't, we still don't have any music for that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> The question this well, week, Coach, is: uh, <laughs> We, uh, how is your typical week of preparation different this year as compared to last year pre-COVID? Yeah, gosh, I mean, it's almost it's getting to a point where it's like you kind of you're kind of forgetting what that what it was pre pre-COVID, you know, what it was completely like because we're so you know we're so ingrained that you know our student athletes and our coaches and our support staff are all so ingrained right now with. Uh, you know, protocols and distance and um, sanitizing and testing and, and just, you know, everything we have to do. So, you know, for example, Monday, you know, every Monday and Wednesday, uh, you know, our entire program, including student managers, sports staff, coaches, players, um, from 8 to 10 a.m., we have a window where we can go to student health. We go to student health here on campus and, and we get a PCR tested. And we usually, you know, we get tested at Monday morning at 8 a.m. We'll get those results around Monday afternoon at 2.30 or so, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know, once we get that that good news, that makes us eligible for, uh, you know, Tuesday's competition this week. Um, so, you know, Tuesday's competition was our first road game. So we had a seating chart. Um, we had a seating chart for the bus that was – you know, spread out. Um, we can only take a certain number of student athletes and support staff on the bus. Uh, we had, you know, we had coaches drive separately. We, um, the players obviously can't drive separately, but, um, you know, we had, we had, you know, we tried to, we, we tried to, you know, we want to avoid spread and avoid contact tracing to the best of our ability. Um, there's no eating or drinking on the bus. There's masks, the entire bus ride to and from, um, you know, and again, I mentioned the seating chart just because, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're putting guys near their roommates, um, you know, or, you know, we, we try to be strategic about, you know, players who are being tested because they're, you know, they they haven't had it before or, or maybe they're not under testing, you know, have them closer to players who are, who maybe have, um, who, who maybe, you know, um, have been involved in COVID protocols of some form and they're not being tested right now. And, you know, just trying to, again, limit spread, limit spread, prevent spread and keep our players safe as much as we possibly can. That's the number one priority. We never lose sight of that. 
as a coaching staff and as and as a, as a as a program and our administration. So, um, you know, and then we get off the bus and and we go play baseball and we have stickers in our dugouts where our guys stand or sit um, to be distanced. Um, you know, we have we only have a certain number of student athletes and, and coaches in the dugouts during the game when it starts. We all wear masks uh, over the course of the game. Um, we have a we have a news section right by the first base dug you know outside of our dugout that has about 15 desks that are all spread out about 15 or so. Um, we have spacing in our bullpen area and in section 103 right by our dugout we have designated chairs for our student athletes to sit as well. So um, yeah, it is there's a there's a lot of thought and there's a lot of effort um, again to make this as, as as safe and as possible you know, for us to compete as we can. And, um, you know, here we are um, seven games in and, um, you know, we've got three more coming up this weekend. So we're just going to, we're never going to, you know, we're never going to get complacent. We're never going to, we're, you know, we're going to do everything by the book. We're going to cross our T's and dot our I's to, to, to make sure that we, we do so. Um, you know, we've got tons of great support from administration and, our athletic trainer Brianna Richards is amazing. She is um, she's never off the clock. She she is you know attention to detail and tedious and meticulous with everything as far as those protocols and you know preparation for you know putting you know put, keeping us in a position to be safe. So um, little long, little long winded there, but um, hopefully it gives some insight further into you know the things that we have to and want to and need to be conscious of each and every day. Um, when we approach, you know, games, travel, practice, et cetera. Those are the kind of things that got you first got you interested in coaching, right, Woody? This is why social distancing and bus seating charts and having stickers in the right place and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but I'll say this, but you know, um, and jokes aside, no, that this is definitely not. But uh, but in all serious in all seriousness, why why one of the main reasons why I did get into coaching was to help people was to help, you know, 18 to 22 year olds have a really positive experience. And, um, you know, that's, that's my job right now. My job right now is to whatever the best case scenario of, you know, each and every player in our program is, is get to that best case scenario. If that, if that best case scenario is seating charts and masks and no eating and drinking on buses. And that means everybody's safe. And that means that we all get to play baseball and compete and try to win games. Then, you know, so then so be it. Um, you know, you're not going to hear me complain about it. You're not going to hear me, um, you know, any of that because, you know, this is, these things are really important and um, this team is really important. These players are, these players are really important to me and to our whole coaching staff. Um, you know, so every, every day that my, my feet hit the floor, it, it, you know, these student athletes and everybody affiliated with Charlotte baseball is their health and safety and their experiences are top priority. It's a good answer to that question, coach. It really is a lot of insight into your, your, uh, day to day as far as prepping each week. I know you've got your three weeks in now as far as game weeks, but, um, 
uh, it gives uh, fans a, a look kind of what what's going on day to day throughout a week and uh, what the players are going through as well. Uh, in addition to their actual playing baseball and coaching baseball, you you are uh, taking care of business on that side of things as well. Um, Nick, you want to do the uh, the Grand Slam Club look at the week ahead? Is that are you ready for that now? Yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm dealing with some contingencies here. Um, oh. You're talking about your contingencies. I'm dealing with my contingencies. My contingencies is a barking dog. So, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's do the Charlotte 49ers Grand Slam Club look at the week ahead. The Charlotte 49ers baseball team is proud to offer its fans a means of supporting the program directly through the Grand Slam Club. All contributions to the Grand Slam Club go directly back into the program as they continue their push towards a Conference USA Championship and the College World Series. Members receive exclusive gear, like a lot of stuff you're seeing in these photos right now, and access to special events. For more information, visit charlotte49ers.com or call 704-687-4950. All right, the Niners are hosting Western Carolina, the Western Carolina Catamounts this weekend. We've got a three-game series on tap at the Hayes. Game times, we got Friday, uh, which is tomorrow, Friday at 3, Saturday at 3, and then Sunday at 1 p.m. Catamounts are coming in at 5-3. and three. They dropped a series to UNC Wilmington last weekend, 2-1. to one. Their midweek game versus Wake Forest was canceled due to COVID protocols within the Wake Forest program, something for us to keep an eye on since they appear on our schedule in a couple of weeks. So that's what we've got going on with the with the Western Carolina Catamounts. Kevin, why don't you talk about the probable starters? It uh, looks like we're, uh, we announced the starters today. Um, Andrew Lindsay's going on Friday. Um, uh, Bryce McGowan on Saturday and Matt Brooks on Sunday. Uh, Friday's matchup is pretty interesting because uh, Andrew Lindsay was teammates with the uh, the Western starting pitcher, Zebby Matthews, at uh, Walter State. Um, so that should be very interesting to watch. Uh, looks like we got a, another going through the same starters this weekend as we did last weekend. Uh, you want to speak a little bit about your rotation, Coach? Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, we, we certainly feel great about it. These three guys, have, you know, we feel like we can see a lot of growth and development week in and week out. Um, they have the, all three of those guys. Their pulses are very steady, um, which to me is something that I've always looked for in, in a starting pitcher. Uh, it's just is to be, you know, first pitch of the game is steady. Runners get on, it's steady, and you know, so really love it, love their pulse and you know everything they've done. Um, through two weeks so far, I'm excited to give them the ball. Um, but yeah, no, I mean to your point, Zebby, you know, Zebby Matthews is uh, he was teammates with, and I think even roommates with Andrew Lindsay at Walter State uh, Junior College, and um, he's he's a North Carolina native originally. So when I was um, when I was actually when I was the pitching coach at UNC, um, I went over and I saw Walter State, and um, I, saw, I remember actually um, saw Zebby pitch and recruited him a bit, and and. He can really pitch. It's a lot of strikes, really good fastball command. It's nothing necessarily overpowering. It's 87 to 90, but um, 80 still there, you know, 87 and 90 located can definitely beat you. So it's going to be a tough battle. Um, he's got a good breaking ball. It's more of a slur type breaking ball. It's going to be, you know, 78 to 80 miles an hour. Um, threw more of a change up when I saw him at Walter State, but, um, you, know, he, you know, we'll see how much he throws that pitch tomorrow. 
but um, you know, we've, we, we're going to have our work cut out for us. I mean, he's, he's a really good pitcher. I think he's given up one run on the year and 14 innings only walked one guy. So, you know, we're, it's going to, you know, we're going to have our hands full. We're going to, we're going to be tested tomorrow and, and throughout the course of the weekend. They, they have a good lineup and a really good team. Yeah, I believe he was a uh, SoCon Pitcher of the Week this week, and they beat UNC Wilmington, which is a, a very tough team on that Friday. So definitely a tough test. But so they they Andrew and and Zebby were roommates in college. Yeah, that's what Andrew was telling me. I don't know. How, I don't know for how long or the length, but yeah, they were they were actually roommates um, for a bit. So um, you know, it's uh, it'd be a good matchup. It's gonna be interesting. Yep, looking forward to it. Um. You mentioned a little bit about their offense. Uh, uh, three guys for fans to keep an eye on. Um, junior second baseman Daniel Walsh. Walsh. Um, he's got two homers already and 11 RBIs this year. Junior outfielder Justice, Justice Bigby. Um, he's got three homers and 15 ribbies. And senior catcher Luke Robinson, uh, three homers and 11 ribbies as well on the season. So uh, you gave us a little insight on that. Anything else you want to provide for the fans? And it's a it's a big physical lineup. You can you know they, you got to make pitches and got to control counts, and you know, else they can hurt you. So um, you know, a lot of experience. They're older guys. Yep, a lot of older guys, a lot of experience. Um, you know they. Uh, I know they lost two or three at, at UNC Wilmington, but UNC Wilmington's got a heck of a pitching staff. And they put up some. You know they 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 were able to score some runs against a really good pitching staff at, at Wilmington. So. Um, you know, it's going to be a good test for us. We need to be ready to need to be ready to play well and compete wire to wire. And, um, you know, because, you know, Coach Moran has been doing a long time as well. He was a long time pitching coach in the ACC at Virginia, then Wake Forest, then Georgia Tech before, he, you know, he's becoming the head coach at, uh, at Western Carolina. So he's really respected in our game. In fact, they're, they're practicing down on our field right now. Um, they're getting ready. So it'll be a good test for us this weekend. Now, Coach, I, I, that's going to be a great series this weekend, ready to get back on the field. And, and I know what you're going to say. I know you don't want to look past Western Carolina, and I know you're not. But um, before we get back together uh, for next week's show, we'll have another midweek game. Uh, looks like it's going to be at the Hayes next Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Uh, some, some team from somewhere is coming in. Who, who is it anyway? Yeah, we'll play the Volunteers. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know, we, we went to their place last year. And um, you know, Coach Vitello and his staff, they, they have, I think they're in their fourth year together. And, um, you know, anybody that pays attention to college baseball recruiting uh, is, is well aware of the fact that they, they have been recruiting at a high level for you know, all four years that they've been there. Um, they've been bringing in top classes. They've been bringing in really good players, um, you know, and, and I think they're eight and two. I haven't looked too, too much at them right now, but I think they're eight and two. They all, are all their uh, their pitching staff is 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 all you know, it's always they're routinely pumping out you know really really good arms and um, you know we went down there to Knoxville last year and we saw we faced our lineup that was of the of the seventeen games we played last year I know I know NC State was ranked ninth and we played them and they they were really good and you know they probably could have gotten home. I actually thought the Tennessee lineup was more more of a problem to deal with than than states um and that's that's no discredit to nc state whatever last year um because again that team was 
extremely good. But uh, that that Tennessee lineup we faced last last year was just a little bit, little bit different. Um, you know, they've got they've got speed, they've got power, they've got hit for average up and down the order. Um, you know, I really like their leadoff hitter Max Ferguson, Max Ferguson, the left-handed hitter. Um, Drew Gilbert, center fielder, left-handed hitter that I recruited out of Minnesota um, a couple of years ago is extremely talented two-way player. So again, probably, you know, I don't I haven't really looked at him too too much, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good good test for us, good battle for us. I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity. It'll be a good matchup. Yeah, you're right, Coach. They were they're eight and two. Uh, they split four games with Indiana State last weekend, beat Austin P midweek, and this week they've got Georgia State. So we'll have to see how they progress through that before heading to the Hayes next Tuesday. They've got one of the best catchers in the country too, Connor Pavaloni. I mean, it's he's gonna he's probably gonna get drafted in the top three or four rounds. It's a, it's if you if you have, if you have an appreciation for you know high level catchers with good arms, he's he's got one of the best arms. So they are they are coming in rank, well currently ranked seventeenth in the country and they um, that game on Tuesday will be televised on uh, Conference USA TV so uh, want to check that out if you can't make it to the Hayes to check that out on Conference USA TV I'm sure Jackson Captain will have the call for you um, maybe we want to roll into uh, Conference USA second I'm just saying hopefully Jackson won't get called away at the last second <laughs> well yeah we let's, got two um, guys right. Two guys right here that could jump right in and and, and fill in for Jackson if, if need be. Just yeah, putting we'll, it out there. We'll just Mike Woody. I'm just gonna Mike Woody up and <laughs> just let him let him go at it. It'd be it'd be quite it'd be well worth the the price of Conference USA TV. Let's uh let's take a look at Conference USA real quick. We we like to keep you guys updated on this. Uh, take a look at the league and we follow this and and um, kind of a few things start to emerge here. Uh, at least forty nine and twenty seven now to conference play. Uh, the whole RPI thing, it's way, way, way too early to look at that. There's some crazy numbers floating around out there. Uh, but you can start to see some things emerging. For one thing, uh, FAU, they look legit. They took a series from UCF. They beat Florida midweek um, at their new place. They're 7-1, and one, and they've got Florida Gulf Coast this weekend. So FAU's coming to the haze later. Folks need to keep an eye on them. They're they're always a good team, but I mean, Coach this might be. Coach McCormick's been there a long time. He's one of the most respected coaches in our game. And uh, David Kopp, their pitching coach, is one of the best best younger pitching coaches in college baseball. Um, you know, they're always there. They're always in regionals. They're always there at the top of our league, and um, that should be a really good series um, for us here in a couple of weeks. Then we're keeping close tabs on Old Dominion. For one, we think that they're we're, they're some of our chief competition in the league this year. Um, but but we're going to play that that dramatic two week eight game series against Old Dominion later. They're they're doing pretty well themselves. They're six and two. Uh, they beat East Carolina, another Niner opponent coming up. Uh, they beat East Carolina and Greenville on Wednesday night. They've got Northeastern coming up this weekend. So Old Dominion's worth keeping an eye on as well. Um, Southern Miss is kind of a, kind of an interesting little one. They're four and four. Their schedules, I mean, schedules kind of a mixed bag. Some good teams and some bad teams. Dropped one to Mississippi State this weekend or this week, sorry, which is Mississippi State. I think they're, they're yeah. are they been on the pole like third in the country. 
Um, they should show well against Jacksonville State this weekend, so we'll keep an eye on them. And then finally, just one one curious note on Conference USA. Um, Marshall hasn't gotten on the field yet. They have literally not played a game, and not because of any any protocols or anything like that. They just didn't have anything scheduled until this weekend. This weekend, they're hosting Moorhead State, our first opponent, who, by the way, I don't think we, we mentioned this while we were playing UNCG uh, the other night. Moorhead State was beating Louisville um, in Louisville, and depending on the poll you look at there, Louisville is somewhere between, I think, one and four, depending on the poll you look at. Um, and so Moorhead State went to Louisville and, and did that. So they've got Marshall this weekend. So that's kind of an interesting quirk where they just didn't simply – they didn't have anything on their schedule until this weekend. But the Thundering Herd will be playing baseball this weekend. So yeah. let's see how they do against Moorhead State. I think, unfortunately, I think they're capped at a certain number of games that they can play. Um, is that what the deal is? just it's part of it everybody's every every school every institution's uh you know facing unique challenges and i think you know i think i think that you know i'm excited coach wagner and these guys are getting getting gonna get to tee it up this week and get rolling because i know they i know they've been chomping at a bit um to get playing so coach real quick let me let me ask something real quick coach i've I've been watching a lot of a lot of college baseball lately since it's been on um I know we've started using the wristbands to call pitches. And I noticed in one game I was watching, the relief pitcher came in and, and had the wrong wristband. And they were hitting the catcher were crossed up. Um, so that was interesting. And they had a equipment, they had to call equipment time. No, it wasn't on it wasn't on this is another another team. I won't mention. I won't mention the team. Um, but uh, I was curious, I was wondering how do, how does a pitcher shake off Shake off a pitch, or do they shake off? Yeah, no. Uh, when they're yeah, he can shake and he can shake, and then the catcher can get a more traditional sign. We have a traditional sign system, um, so you know we can also we also have the ability to swipe up or swipe down. It's, there's a whole system there, um, but no pitcher. I mean, we call a pitch from the dugout, and we have a traditional sign system and touch system that our pitchers know that you know if they shake, they can go. You know, Aaron can, Aaron or Jacob can call. You know, another pitch. Okay, I got you. I was I was watching a lot of baseball, and I saw that, and I was wondering. I hadn't, I hadn't seen anybody shake off or anything, so I was just curious if they had that option still. Yeah, they do. Uh, Kevin, you watch a lot of baseball? I'm a little bit of a fan. But, yeah, it was – I thought it was uh, it was funny that the one of – the relief pitcher came in and he had the wrong wristband on, and him and the catcher were – I think they threw two, two or three pitches, and they were off base. So uh, I called time, and they had an equipment adjustment timeout. It didn't count as a mound visit. It, it, did, it didn't count as a mound visit. So, But anyway, I was just curious if, if the pitchers could shake off because I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, no, they, they can. You know, they know that. Um, you know, but you know, Coach Mining Coach does a ton of prep work, um, watches a ton of film. I mean, gosh, I think he was probably there last night until – you know, long after I left. So, um, you know, we watch a lot of film. We, we prep a lot. Our pitchers know that. Our catchers know that. Um, you know, so I think for the most part, I think a lot of time when you don't see shaking, it's just, you know, our pitching staff and our catchers know that there's a lot of work that goes into to that preparation. But they, they can certainly shake. And, um, you know, because, again, at the end of the day, the, pitchers got, the pitcher and the catcher, they got the best view in the house. You know, so if they want to go to something, they know they can 
Real quick, I just got um, one of our loyal listeners, uh, Clayton in Charlotte, uh, just checked in, uh, says he's enjoying the show, and but he did add that he's a little disappointed that we didn't mention anything about how we follow the science uh, on this week's episode. So uh, I think that was in reference to um, uh, that. That was eating beef yeah. and then hitting dinger. So follow the science. Yep. Yes, Austin is apparently still following the science and eating beef and hitting dingers. So there you go. That's from Clayton and Charlotte. So real quick here before we close this out, if you're still listening, by the way, if you're still listening at this point, you're, you're our people. Yeah. So <laughs> we want to mention a couple things to you before we get out of here tonight. Um, first of all, we want to say thank you. Always thank you. And also give you an update on some things we've been working on. Um, we started this, uh, really, this started in 2013. Kevin started a Twitter account in 2013. Uh, we were doing some stuff individually before that, but but Kevin started a Twitter handle in 2013, and, and um, we, we, we jumped on board and helped him and uh, been doing a lot of things. Um, since then, as it turns out, February of 2021 ended up being the biggest month in that Twitter account's history, like ever. Okay, in the since 2013, more Twitter traffic on that Twitter account ever last month, 2021. Uh, one that's exciting because it's it's excitement about Charlotte baseball. But really, what we want to tell you is that only happens because of all the stuff you guys do out there, uh, following and liking posts and retweeting stuff and all that stuff. Um, and we're just really excited about where it's going. Um, of course, you know, we, we've, we've branched out over the years more than just Twitter. We got Facebook and Instagram and we even got a blog down in diamond9report.com that we're trying to update weekly now. So we're just getting all into things. Um, more recently, we, we went back to a YouTube channel. We started off broadcasting live on YouTube, went away from it, but we're back. So if you're listening to us live right now, you're doing so on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, we also put other stuff on there. Like we catch, we catch dingers on cell phone video. Unless you're Jack Dragon, we, then we miss you. But um, we'll, we'll fix that. Um, check out that channel. We post stuff, we video stuff, and then we post it there until people tell us to stop doing it. So if you want to see, if you want to relive some big moments, you want to see some some big maple home runs, go check it out. They're on they're on our uh, they're on our YouTube channel. So feel free to look for Diamond Niner Report on YouTube. Subscribe. You can always follow us uh, on social media. We're going to post this podcast there where you can still find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all that good stuff. Um, as I said, none of this happens without you guys and your support. And we just appreciate the heck out of all of you because we get a lot of chances to do a lot of fun stuff because of this. So um, if you guys don't pay attention, then there's really no reason for us to do it so we appreciate the heck out of that coach woody what are your last thoughts as we head into a big week of 49ers baseball give the fans something to give the fans something to hold on to as we head into game day tomorrow no i mean just uh i appreciate again if you're, if you're still listening or watching i just uh i appreciate all our, our whole coaching staff appreciates everyone's support and uh, we've got a lot of nice notes and text messages and emails um you know the first few weeks and and certainly very appreciated and it's been great seeing um, more and more family and close supporters uh, here at the Hayes and uh, we want to continue to, to move that direction and um, you know uh, continue to have warmer and warmer weather and 
you know, try to win as many games as we can. And, and so we appreciate everybody's support and um, thanks for listening. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us for this week. We love hearing from you guys, so feel free to reach out through any of our social media platforms. And as always, if you're more old-fashioned like we are, just say hi when you run into us at the ballpark or anywhere else you see us. All right, folks, it's a Niner game week. It's time to get some of Western Carolina starting tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. Until next time, we'll see you at the Hayes. Good night.